Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes The Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. All day long. I'm sorry. It's ruined now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House <laughs> Podcast, episode number 328 for recording date, June 4th, 2023. Hi, I'm Marty. Marty, what are you doing? <laughs> Turn into like half Gollum there. Yeah, for a you've second. got full Gollum. <laughs> what to do, precious? <laughs> <laughs> what has he got in his podcasts? <laughs> that that's Chris. Uh we're we're in, uh, he, he we're in a very punchy mood, in case you can't tell. Uh, it is another Sunday morning. Uh, we've got a lot of professional wrestling to dig into. Uh, we got a pay-per-view to recap. we got a post-pay-per-view show to recap. We've got probably the best Rampage ever Yeah. Uh, to Even recap. <laughs> and, and Chris is just going to keep doing his impression of uh, uh, Sharon, Sharon Osbourne. Osbourne. Yep. yep. Keep on stage, Aussie. <laughs> We need you to make an announcement about CM Punk coming back, Aussie. Saturday, June 17th, right? United Center. It's like part. It's like Paul McCartney with the stutter. I apologize. We we got to kick it off with with sort of the the breaking news of the morning. So I'm going to go ahead and hit this button. New Bullet Club now. I mean, that's part of it. that just won't die. New Japan Pro Wrestling had their Dominion show in the wee hours here on the East Coast of the United States. Uh, Dominion is traditionally, I think, probably their number two show of the year uh, behind the Wrestle Kingdom Tokyo Dome shows. It was a stacked card, uh, including a big-time main event with two guys really being given their chance to shine, Sonata and the returning Yoda Suji for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suji did not win the IWGP title, you don't as say. one would assume. Uh, you know, Knowing traditional New Japan booking, you lose it in your first shot. Um, but all indications are very good match. Crowd very into Suji. Uh, dude looked good. I haven't had a chance to watch any of this yet. Yeah. Um, but what people are most excited about is what was announced in the undercard of the show. Uh, and no, we don't mean uh, the new members of Bullet Club. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel uh, Kidd and somebody uh, else. Uh, 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 they, I get them all confused. They all yes. kind of. All those white boy LA Dojo boys look Coughlin. the same. Coughlin, Alex, Alex Coughlin. Coughlin. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the the the, <laughs> the New Japan whites have yeah. been uh, <laughs> yeah. have have once again been included into uh, the Bullet Club. Uh, we now have a number one contender to the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship, as Will Osprey defeated Lance Archer in the opening match of the show. Wow, curtain jerking, Billy. Yeah, uh, and uh, post-match, Will Ospreay, who did win the match, shock of shocks, 
he said that he uh, is calling out Kenny Omega for that U.S. championship, and he Ralph. will be facing him in Canada. So uh-huh. presumably that means at Forbidden Door. What okay. I find very interesting is about this and another announcement we'll talk about in a few. At no point did anyone say June 25th at Forbidden Door 2. That's helpful. Very weird. Uh, yeah. Not the first time this week where I've been very confused by a promo talking about a specific thing and then not providing details. More on that when we get to Dynamite. Yeah. But uh, I, I just thought it was strange that Osprey did not clearly say June 25th, us, all elite wrestling, Forbidden Door 2. Like, it's going to be a pay-per-view on New Japan World. So I mean, to be fair, he was probably told to and his mushy brain. Just, uh, <laughs> just, just a big bowl of mushy peas up there. Just not really... Uh, you know, clicking on all cylinders. One yes. too many inziguris to the cranium, perhaps. Ozzy! Just like Ozzy! Put your mushy peas down, Ozzy! The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the LIJ group of Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito, and Teton, Teton defeated just five guys of Doki, Tai Chi, Takamishinoku, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Teton getting the submission victory over on Taka. Teton needing that after... Losing in the best of the Super Junior Finals earlier this week. Right, yeah, which was crazy that yes. uh, it was between him and Master Watto. Well, yeah, which uh, I did not foresee as the final two. I, I was no, definitely no. thinking it would be uh, Teton and Mike Bailey, but no, it ended up being uh, Master Watto. But hey, Master Watto now has his first five-star match under his belt. Hey, man, good for you. That's yeah. uh, certainly something uh, that I ne- never expected to happen. Yeah. Now, circling back to Teton here, yes. um, did you see any of his uh, performance in, in the best of Super Juniors or anything? Uh, I saw some of the preliminary stuff. I thought he looked good. Um, I yeah. did not see the, the five-star final yet, okay. uh, but uh, I, I do want to check it out. Why do you ask? Uh, I was just wondering if you would call his performance grand, a grand, grand Teton. Teton. <laughs> <laughs> We've got new junior heavyweight champions as the catch 22 duo of Francisco Akira and TJP regained uh-huh. the tag belts, defeating intergalactic jet setters, AKA Kevin Knight and Kushida uh, post intergalactic jet setters. Yes. Intergalactic jet setters is what they, what does that even mean? I have no idea, but it's a fun thing to say out loud. Okay. Right. Um, post-match, Clark Connors and Dan Mahoney of Bullet Club defeated, or not defeated, rather, uh, attacked Catch-22. So clearly that's going to be a future title feud. Dan Maloney? Uh, is, that, is that a name Dan he Mahoney. said? Mahoney. Mahoney? Mahoney! He was one of the folks in Best of Super Juniors this year. Okay. All right. So when's Tackleberry coming over? <laughs> what I would Tackleberry give for, for Chris Charlton having to do commentary with what's his neck who does all the sound effects like oh michael winslow michael winslow yes thank yeah, you yeah, yeah. thank you yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> i think if i had I tried to remember it, it would have come out carl winslow which is a very different <laughs> thing with lots of bleeps and lots of sweeps and lots of creeps what the what the what you know the bleeps the sweeps and the creeps and That's chris showing lost. why he did not Start his own career as oh, fuck a you. sound effect comedian. <laughs> Could have been better than Uh Zack Sabre Jr. successfully defended the uh, New Japan World Television Championship over Jeff Cobb. Big week for ZSJ this yeah, week. Yeah, man. Yeah. Because uh, he also made his uh, his uh, TNT debut 
on Rampage, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. have new IWGP Tag Team Champions because Aussie Open, ha- Aussie, Aussie, Aussie <laughs> Open, uh, had to uh, give up the belts due to Mark Davis's injury. Uh, no word on whether or not it affected that butt on. Uh, I was going to say, did, did his dump truck get towed? What happened? <laughs> uh, but great news, Chris. Bishamon of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi oh, are God. once again the tag team champions. They wow. defeated in a triple threat uh, the United Empire duo of Aaron Hanara and Grit Okan and the House of Torture duo of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Man, uh, that is just like a sad man. indictment of the heavyweight tag uh, world. I, um, I think I would rather chop my balls off than watch that match. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, that's Beat when Al- <laughs> that's when Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd popped up as Bullet Club members as they jumped Goto and Yoshihashi. So uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, we got the official lineup for the 33rd G1 Climax, which yeah. will be uh, this uh, coming July and August. And there are some surprises in the mix. I'm going to throw down the names. Some of them you're just going to go, oh, okay, it's them again. Yeah. Uh, but there, Most of them. there are some surprises. Uh, one in particular uh, had me doing backflips this morning. Two, so, really, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, we've got Kazuchiko Okada returning mm-hmm. once again. Tetsuya Naito, again, not a surprise. Sonata, Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi, David Finley, yep. Shota Amino. I believe this is his first. So shooter. Uh, so shooter getting his first. Let me go to Sizzler afterwards. <laughs> uh, Shingo Takagi, Tamahiro Ishii, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Tangaloa making his return to New Japan after a few tours off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hikaleo, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Toriano, Kenta, who just won Defy's World Championship last night in oh. Seattle, uh, defeating. Uh, <laughs> Upcoming AEW prospect Nick Wayne for the belt. Oh, wow. Um, Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, Eddie fucking Kingston. Let's go. Uh, I am so hyped for this. I will say I'm also scared about this (laughs) because uh, (laughs) as much as I know this is something Eddie has wanted probably his entire career. Go out like a supernova, Uh, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, Yeah. I could see him getting hurt in this and working through it and hurting himself. He's coming off of uh, hernia surgery. Uh, His knees have been kind of gunked up for a while. Um, Same brother. Like, uh, I'm really concerned about how this is going to go. Like, I was stoked. So two weekends ago when they did the the show in San Jose, Mm -hmm. they announced that the quote unquote New Japan World crew would be going uh, and doing shows beginning of July at Currican Hall, and okay. Eddie Kingston was going to be on them. Oh, right, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" And he gets to work in Japan. He gets to work Currican Hall. How cool yeah. is that? This is a much bigger deal, clearly. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I, I, have they announced block assignments yet, or just uh, the I, I will have to see. Uh, okay. Anyway, I'll, I'm going to jump back into the, yeah, the, the yeah, list yeah. of folks. Uh, El Fantasmo, Ren Narita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is Narita's first run uh, in the G1. Yeah. Evil Chase Owens coming back after a few tours off. Jeff Cobb, Great Khan. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Aaron Hanare, Gabriel Kidd, Alex Coughlin, their first okay. G1s. Shane Haste, who is not Michael Nichols, and Mikey yes. Nichols, who is who not, is Shane, not Haste. Shane Haste. Yeah, yes. gotcha. Yoda Suji, and from Pro Wrestling Noah, Kaito Kiyomiya. Yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah, uh, for those who are going, I know that name, but who was he again? If you remember, <laughs> at the top of the year, the uh, angle with Okada 
uh, beating the piss out of some young upstart from Noah, that yeah. is Kiyomiya. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that plays out. Uh, let me see if they've announced blocks yet. He was also a part of that uh, t- t- tag match with Lij, wasn't he? Uh, he was, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. No. No block assignments yet. Just, okay. Just the thirty-two men. So a thirty-two man field. Um. Going to be a busy summer for all those guys. And uh, Eddie Kingston in the mix, like that. The the dream match is up and down the card for him well i think there's only really one right well for us yeah eddie kingston and toriano yeah clearly like that's that's what we're most hyped about right (laughs) yeah that's what this whole whole thing's based around eddie and yoshihashi like that's that's what we're all about here oh man work (laughs) rate just like salt bay the stars man let's go yeah let's do the damn thing um but yeah uh and i guess you know we might get eddie and shingo Eh, that'd be cool did you even say Shingo's name? Did I yeah. just gloss over Shingo's yep. name? Yeah, it's between uh, Shooter and Ishii. Oh, I was making a Shooter joke at the time. Yeah, oh, gotcha. That checks. So for the um, Never Openweight oh. Championship, D- David Finley retained over El Fantasmo as he continues to underline that uh, he is the leader of Bullet Club now. Hooray. Uh, Hiromo Takahashi defended the Junior Championship against Best of the Super Juniors winner Master Wado. The era of Wado has ended already as <laughs> Takahashi retained with the time bomb number two. Okay. Uh, back, uh, back, back to work, Annie. Yeah. Got to go. Got to go back and, and make it work uh, for the never open weight six man titles, which Okada had started to float in the press this week that he'd like to see become the IWGP six man titles. Uh-huh. Let's get rid of that. Never. Uh, it was the chaos trio of Okada. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, it was. Two members of Chaos and, of course, the Ace. So it was Okada, Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, and Shota Amino. Mm-hmm. This match had to be moved in the card because Claudio's plane was late. Oh, shit. So uh, <laughs> it was originally supposed to be closer to the middle of the card and it ended up being the semi-main. Nice. Um, and you may not be surprised to find out uh, that we uh, do not have new six-man champions. Oh, yeah, you don't say. Yes, and uh, you may be surprised to find out that it was Shota Amino who took the pin, <laughs> being hit with a Rainmaker. Wait, so uh, Mox and Claudio didn't travel together? Uh, apparently not. Um, I don't know if Claudio was on, maybe on one of the house shows that they had Friday oh. and Saturday. I don't know. Probably the Friday one, if anything. So brother got off of like a 16 hour plane ride and then mm-hmm. wrestled fucking Okada. Yes. <laughs> and they yes. got back on a 16 hour yeah. plane. And, ride. and word is the match ruled. So, wow. <clears throat> uh, you know, kudos right. to Claudio, man. Yeah. Uh, but fuck all that shit because post match, John Moxley grabs a mic and says, I have a video here from the best professional wrestler in the world. Yeah, baby. And of course, the CM Punk chants just started right there in Japan. Oh, yeah, no. Huge marks over there. What a bunch of nerds. No, no. It was not him. It was <clears> instead <throat> from some random rolling hills. Who, who knows where? It was It was the Red Rock Canyon. Oh, it was Red Rock Canyon? he talked about uh, oh, yeah, that's on right. the post-con- post-show press conference, talked about hiking and, and taking Wheeler on a hike out there to, to punish him for, uh, for a sloppy pin attempt the week prior. Uh, which, of course, came back up on Dynamite this yes, week, which it did. I liked. But uh, it was Brian goddamn Danielson, and uh, he said that uh, he wanted a one-on-one match 
with Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. Okada answered saying that the forbidden door is wide open. Yeah. So uh, he accepted the challenge. We are getting Brian Danielson against Kazuchika Okada, presumably at Forbidden Door 2. Yeah, I mean. So, so right yeah. now, this show is Okada versus Danielson and Omega versus Osprey. Yep. Take what else money. do you need? Like, Take my money. It, it could I mean, be like a Shingo. gauntlet where Yujiro like. fights the rest of the AEW roster. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll, sh- I'll QT show QT Marshall versus Yujiro Takahashi. Oh, my God. In an 80-minute Iron Man match. Oh, God. I think I just had an aneurysm. Susie, <laughs> <laughs> help me! And, of course... Help me pull me niggas up! It was Sonata uh, retaining over Yoda Suji in the main event. Um, weirdly, there wasn't, like, a, a uh, post-show Challenge. to do. Um, you know, yes, Sonata did his big go-home promo, but it wasn't like, oh, and then out came, I don't know, Naito yeah. to be like, hey, you want to go? Like, there wasn't... There, okay. there was not... That uh, tune into Monday Night Raw, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it sounds like it was a great show. I love the USA to Network it. in Japan, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like it was a good show. I definitely want to check it out. Uh, and I am just dumbfounded that, uh, you know, in terms of my my wish list of professional wrestling, I'm getting Eddie Kingston in a G1 and I'm getting Danielson versus Okada. I mean, yeah. What what a time to be alive! So uh, what hell a time yeah to be alive to that. Uh, now I'm going to very quickly hit this button. The World Wrestling Federation. All right. Um, so there was coincidentally last Sunday a NXT premium live event airing the same time as Double or Nothing. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was Battleground. And, oh, they uh, they, re- they they relegated Battleground to NXT now. Yes, yeah. Uh, not a lot worth talking about. The big thing that uh, I've heard that is worth taking the time to watch was uh, there was an Ela Dragonoff uh, Donovan Dijak, or as he's now called just Dijak, mm-hmm. uh, match where uh, they beat the piss out of each other. Um, so I, I I might give that a spin. Uh, but really, the big things going on right now is we are getting. Uh, the build for Money in the Bank, because that's the next mm-hmm. pay-per-view. They're going to be okay. in London in uh, July for that show. Is Ozzy going to be there? <laughs> he might be. You know what? You never know. I um, remember there was a time um, in Baltimore when Ozzy had a new record came, coming out, and he performed live on SmackDown in Baltimore at the Baltimore Arena. Uh, I think it was Did he the, perform that... live or did he perform live wink wink? He was in person. Okay. <laughs> and there was audio coming out of the speakers. Infer from that what you will. Okay. Uh, but yes, he was, uh, yeah, he, he, that was at a SmackDown in Baltimore. I remember that. All right. Um, but right now for the Money in the Bank ladder matches for the men's side, we are looking at uh, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, and LA Knight as uh, the three competitors confirmed so far. Uh, is uh is Rick O'Shea going to do a tour of Ireland while he's over there? Uh, one would hope, you know, you really know, get his people the homeland. Yeah. yeah. Um there's some qualifying matches coming up. Uh Santos Escobar versus Mustafa Ali oh. and Butch versus Baron Corbin. Given that Corbin and Ali both showed up on NXT this week because they're <laughs> quote unquote free agents, I uh-huh. assume they're dropping losses. Yeah. So uh, it is probably Ricochet versus Nakamura versus LA Knight versus Santos Escobar versus Butch 
versus yeah. Matt Riddle or an, he's supposed to have a qualifying match that has it against who Matt Riddle's already getting a storyline built around him possibly winning the uh, the briefcase. Yeah. Um, and I will say it's a pretty dumb story. Oh, do tell. Gunther is like, hey, if you win that that uh, briefcase, how about you face me for the IC title? I mean, good on Gunther trying to elevate your – I'm sorry, Walter trying to elevate yes. your uh, title even more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that, but, you know, he would have to be a kayfabe moron to take the Intercontinental title I shot. mean, we're talking about Riddle here. Eh, true, true. Uh, he's proven to be an idiot in real life and in kayfabe. Um, for Sorry, the women's Paul. side, so far we just have Zelina Vega confirmed. Uh, uh, yeah, just Zelina Vega confirmed for the women's match. Okay. Um, they're building off of the big response she got at Backlash in Puerto Rico, which means undoubtedly she's losing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the qualifying matches that have been set up so far: uh, Natalia versus Zoe Stark, Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville, uh, Meechin versus Bailey, and Shotzi versus Io Sky. Okay. So right. uh, no love for uh, you know, they're not letting pregnant Alexa Bliss in, up in the ladder match. They're not letting her do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they may. I don't know if you saw Lacey Evans came back on Friday. Uh, it's so exciting. And she wow. has her. She's had her gimmick changed again. Uh-huh. As now she's just cosplaying as Sergeant Slaughter. Uh huh. Completely. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that that's the thing they're doing. I, I I presume we're getting Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch in there because that's where they've moved the Becky Lynch Trish Stratus feud to be between Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch. But all in all, it's a big gigantic snooze. Ooh, yeah, I was I was literally falling asleep while we were going through that. <laughs> yes. Uh, in terms of the one storyline that people seem to care about, oh, see? the bloodline drama continued. <laughs> Just no selling me now. <laughs> the bloodline drama continued Bastard. as Roman Reigns was awarded a new universal championship belt. Undisputed, right? Sorry, un- undisputed universal world championship belt uh, as he had surpassed 1,000 days as mm-hmm. champion. Uh, it looks almost exactly the same except for the colors are inverted. Uh, it was really just sort of the, the background piece to apparently we're going to have a solo and Roman against the Usos match real soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably at Money in the Bank. I mean, the best thing to come out of this was the uh, – uh, there was there was a still photo of of Roman like doing the "You broke my heart, uh, I love you, you broke my heart" thing from yeah. um from the from Godfather. Godfather, and genius of all genius Ryan Satin. Uh, he I think that he was the the up the the photo side by side. Yeah, and then the quote: "This is cinema." Martin Scorsese, who uh, I don't know if you knew this, did not direct the fucking Godfather. He did not. Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> turns out. Yes. Yes, he did. You know, hence the Coppola cut of the third film, which I've never yeah. watched. I've heard the Coppola cut's better than I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't given it a whirl. Cut. I think I've only watched part three once. Yeah, it's very bad. It is yeah. not good. Um, I just remember Andy but, Garcia. Okay, yeah, yeah Sofia that's, Coppola. That's Sofia kind of yeah. being there, proving in yeah. retrospect, yes, she should be a director and not an actress. Right, right. Um, right. Every time I'm out, think I'm out, they pull me back in. So great news, Chris. Oh, yeah. Just a few weeks ago, we had Ozzy. <laughs> we did not have Ozzy. Uh, uh, you know, we did because Kyle Fletcher was in AEW, but that's not who I'm talking Aussie about. Open. A, a few weeks ago, we had the the WWE draft 
where oh, the yeah. Raw and SmackDown rosters were split, Separated. never yeah. to be seen together again. Except for Survivor Series, the one night of the year where, where the superstars of Raw and SmackDown collide for brand supremacy. Yes. Trademark. So Raw this week was kicked off by AJ Styles, SmackDown superstar. Uh-huh. Coming okay. out to cut a promo to congratulate Seth Rollins on winning their uh, their world title match where Seth Rollins became the first world champion. Yeah, at Blood Money in the Jungle, yeah. Yes. This was acknowledged by AJ at the top of his promo by indicating, yes, I know I'm SmackDown and I shouldn't be here, but <laughs> concurrently, oh, God. Cody Rhodes was on SmackDown to talk more shit about Brock Lesnar. I just, I, I, I don't even, I, I don't even <laughs> want to waste my breath talking about how stupid this company is. Yeah. They're yeah. stupid. It's a thing. It's It's stupid. And it's, it's not fucking cinema. Yeah. No matter what Martin Scorsese tells you. Yes. Hey, I'm going to hit this button. We're going to talk about a show. Beyonce, can you handle this? <laughs> I don't think you can handle this. I don't think you're ready for this journey. I don't think you're ready for this journey. <laughs> If you are a part of the Patreon and getting the video versions of these shows, this is this is one to watch for sure. Double or Only nothing. I may dance. <laughs> Double or nothing is in the books. Uh, it was a show. A show. Yes, that is the best way to put it. It wasn't a bad show by any means. Um, it was. It was almost it was, a bad show. It was bookended by greatness. Yeah, it's that yeah. middle that was real questionable. Um, and heck, Ugh. I'd even say the pre-show had some concerns. Uh, let's just run through our thoughts on the, the show and sure. what happened. Uh, did you catch the buy-in match? Negative Ghost Rider. All right. You, uh, you're better for it, as it was the Hardys and Hook against Hook Ethan Hardy. Page and the Guns. Um, Hardys and Hook won, so now uh, Matt Hardy has control over Ethan Page's contract. Cool. But, um, Jeff Hardy looked like absolute hot fucking garbage like physically like like he was strung out or or, like, or messed up or just it he there, there's no there there anymore really like he uh, do i think he's clean yes do i think his offense looked like shit he was blown up from doing his fucking entrance dance yeah uh, he had no cardio to speak of in the ring um he was blowing normal spots there was i don't know if it was it was supposed to be in storyline or what but he went for like uh his weird uh his weird split-legged moonsault and uh -huh. totally fucked that up okay um and again i don't know if it was storyline or not because they ended up working the knee afterwards but it just looked dog shit and man i know i i'm a broken record about this but there's no reason for the hardys to be on television wrestling in 2023 this just further underlined it for me. Yeah. Did Hook get his shit in? Hook did get his shit in. Uh, Good and for him. Uh, um, there was a, a sort of a triple finish uh, as uh, Ethan Page got hit with two twist of fates, one uh -huh. by Matt, one by Jeff. Sure. You can assume who's looked better. Uh -huh. And then the red rum finish by Hook. Okay. We had the opening ceremonies of the Owen Hart Cup. Oh, I didn't even hear about this. What happened? Uh, Dr. Martha Hart was brought out by Renee Paquette. Mm -hmm. Renee talked about how the tournament's starting at Forbidden Door 
They talk about poutine. Uh, they did not. And other Canadian things. Ice uh, hockey. Martha Hart did have her Olsen weird beard. headdress thing again. Looked okay. like she dressed for the Preakness, but I guess it's actually for the, sure, the sure. Calgary Stampede. This brought out Tony Khan in a Owen Hart Foundation cowboy hat. Uh-huh. How did I have that? How have I not seen a photo of this? Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't become more of a meme. Um, but uh, things to laugh about that night. I was thinking, oh, we're going to have like a list of participants or maybe like they're going to bring everybody out and there's going to be a little bit of like a shoving match. And it's going to be like, oh, shit, I can't wait to see those guys going against each other. Nope. No, not at all. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you found the photo. That is awful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what is the saddest photo? version of Justified what is this Goober? What is this? <laughs> this fucking Goober. This guy was like hands on his hips, like looking all, yep. you know. Yeah, someone oh. told him that was, a, that was a good move. Yikes. And then they wrapped up the, the buy-in by having all the entrances for the Blackjack Battle Royal. Because, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because they decided like, hey, uh, you we got know. got time to kill. We got time to kill. Might as well do the thing. We had the Blackjack Battle Royal, and I will first say I need to eat my own words because they did a whole thing on social media about uh, QT, Hobbs, and Solo pulling themselves out of the Battle Royal. Yeah. No no fun, random surprise participants out of that. Nope. Not a thing nope. that happened. Nope. However, this was probably the best Battle Royal I've seen in years. Yeah, it... it, it told a bunch of stories mm-hmm. you had a lot of competitors in there going bat shit um and the final four or five in the sequence uh yeah. towards the end was was aces yeah especially when it got down to the final two which was orange yeah. casting swerve strickland who like swerve is so ready to be the guy well, give it another three days and then he will be right right <laughs> but like he was incredible in this for a guy yeah. who had not been on television all that much leading up to the pay-per-view the vegas crowd loved him they were they were living and dying by the possibility of him winning i was um, i bit into a couple of those false finishes yeah, too I, I thought for sure and, and i will say uh the finish was probably the most perfect orange cassidy thing possible yeah in that yeah. they had a lot of, you know, work rate spots on the apron between between them, including like a really stiff looking um, double stomp from mm-hmm. Swerve. Uh, and it ended up being just sort of a cartoony kick of the hand yep. off the top rope that sent Swerve to the floor and OC just barely retaining his international championship in this battle royal. Very, very fun. Uh, you know, the Lucha Bros had a lot of uh, good spots in there. Big mm-hmm. Bill coming out hot oh uh, man big week for big bill like, big week for big bill like big city baby se- you know if, if you look at the calendar week the full seven days dynamite before mm-hmm. in vegas this show and then dynamite this week in san diego yeah i know you were like eh, i'm kind of on the big bill train i'm just gonna full on say it i am on the big bill train yeah like, no hey man i'm the conductor let's go <laughs> yeah like choo choo big bill he he's really cap. He's figured out who he is. I think is the yeah. way to put it. Um, you know, he he knows how to be a good big man, and and we saw a lot of that here. Um, we also had some uh, fun uh, momentary racism from Jim Ross, who uh, 
was taken off the show halfway through because I assumed that they knew it was sundowning. I just it's it's, it's a rough watch with Jim Ross right now, man. Yeah, I was very uh, worried when we fired up the pay per view on Monday for a replay, and it was Jim Ross. It's like, oh fuck, am I going to do four hours of Jr.? Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that wasn't the case. But yeah, it, it was literally under two minutes before the first racist remark came out of Jim's mouth. So yeah, yeah, not great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Orange Cassidy ends up uh, retaining. And then that took us into, on paper, what should have been a good match, but ended up being Dog completely shit. oil and water. Uh, I, I think probably the best comparison I have here is, weirdly enough, also involving Chris Jericho. Do you remember how they tried multiple times to run CM Punk and Chris Jericho when both yeah. were in WWE and yep. tried to have good matches and it never yeah. worked? The the pouring the bottle of Jack Daniels on Punk yes. and everything. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Yeah. That's what Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho basically was. Yeah. I don't I, I can't sit here and tell you why it didn't work. And uh honestly, the main event on Dynamite on Wednesday still wasn't all that great, but I think it was made better by the you know, the bits of like Britt Baker getting her revenge on Chris Jericho and all that. Yeah. This match was just like slow and weird and not impactful in any way even with um, all the plunder the plunder took away from it, it yeah it, it did yeah it, this this should this should have been just a, a a grudge match wrestling match the plunder you know it was too many extra things to set up and it was plotting and they just didn't seem to have chemistry with each other um i was i, I was my eyelids were getting heavy second match in yeah not a great sign um, and, uh, of course, for me, one of the things I was most excited about was the inclusion of Sabu in this match. Oh, Sabu yeah. was only a part of it for the first few minutes when JAS decided to brawl with Roddy Strong and Sabu. That yeah. said, if we want to have more instances where Sabu shows up in a suit for some reason, mm-hmm. chucks a chair at someone's head, mm-hmm. and then dives into an unseen abyss to mm-hmm. put someone through a table and then just fucks off forever like please more of that it went right through the table and then immediately uh did not pass go right to the pay table yeah he shacked his way out of there man yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) but yeah adam cole gets the win as they do a ground and pound with a chain finish stupid i guess they thought they were in the home of ufc so it would work but the crowd did not did not no the crowd was a brutal brutally honest i'll say yes. the entire night if if something was was dog shit they let you know or they yeah. by silence <laughs> yes yeah um <laughs> then we had ftr defending the aw tag team titles against jay Le- jay lethal and jeff jarrett and it took I mean, a bit to get there it's a good old uh southern style uh yeah. you know romp is what that is an overbooked yeah. ridiculousness yeah, once it got into full shenanigan mode, I thought this was a great time. Yeah. Um, up to and including Karen Jarrett absolutely murdering Aubrey Edwards with sure a guitar. Sure did. Which I'm now scared that too many people said that they liked that, as we yeah. will talk about when we get into uh-huh. Rampage. Um, but as it stood, for as much as I was dreading this, I thought it ended up being a really good time. FTR retains the tag belts. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I like the direction they're going in as 
Uh, right after the match, Alex Marvez was backstage with Ricky Starks, who was being asked about Bullet Club Gold. And as if Marvez was able to summon them with a word, Bullet Club Gold shows up to jump yeah. Ricky Starks, who are immediately saved by FTR. And, I uh, feel like the uh, there's something about the backstage area of AEW where peripheral vision does not exist. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a thing. <laughs> they had to be literally right there. The quickness that they maybe showed. too many people there with the cameras and the boom mic and probably the whatever lighting rig they've got. It's oh, foolish. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we had Chris Jericho and Soraya backstage demanding Tony Khan give them a mixed tag match. Uh, and uh, that resulted in a random local geek getting a fireball to the face. Because he's a wizard. Did you know that? Yes. Uh, as he needs to move more of those T-shirts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that wasn't the match on the pay-per-view. Would have been, Yeah, that would have made more sense. Would have made a lot more sense. Then we had Wardlow against Christian Cage for the TNT Championship in a ladder match. Mm-hmm. This was not the match I dreaded. At all. Like, I, I thought this was going to be an unwatchable slog. Yeah, it, it, it punched above his pay grade. Yes. Um, but still. It did have some very bizarre moments, including Arn Anderson turning into a vampire, it turns uh-huh. out. Yeah. Uh, munching down on the thumb of uh, Luchasaurus. It's got a taste for blood and flesh. <laughs> and Wardlow taking all the bumps. Literally. Like, the d- <laughs> dude, like... <laughs> Just was really he was really going for it, man. Like he he wishes he was you know uh, half a foot shorter and minus like fifty pounds of muscle yeah. the way he's doing all these swantons off of ladders and 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 stuff like that. I mean the, that was the big one, the big twenty foot ladder. Luchasaurus yeah. set up on a table and he did a big swanton. I love that Arn was trying to help him out, but he was holding the wrong side of the ladder. Yeah, like it, yeah. it had the refs not held the back side of the ladder. Yeah, and Arn holding the front. <laughs> He just would have gone ass over tea kettle uh, yes. to call back to our earlier conversation off the air. Yeah. Off the air before we started recording. I, I, I know what you mean. It's not on tape. Um, but uh, Warlow ends up retaining. And uh, unfortunately, it seems a, a bit like uh, from Wednesday, this feud must continue. But we'll see. Yeah. Lame. Tony Storm is a now a, and I think the first time, and she's now the two time AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, yeah, I don't she, think there's uh, been any repeats there. She defeated Jimmy Hayter in the most WWE-esque segment of the show. Yeah, and even for, like, you know, she's injured, but they're still doing the match thing. It kind of went on a little long. It, it like, really if you're going to do it, it should be, like, 30 seconds and done, not yeah. three and a half minutes. Yeah, and, and hey, if she's fucked up, all the credit in the world to Jamie Hayter for yeah, getting she, it out and, yeah. you know, really going for it here, but, um... Yeah, it was more an angle than a match, so I I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, but you know, Tony Storm is women's champion, not a bad pick. I don't hate it. Then we had the open house rules match for the trios titles as House of Black. House of Black went against the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Now I have to say. Max Caster single-handedly turned the momentum of this pay-per-view around. Yes. With his with his rap, uh, his freestyle coming yeah. to the ring. Because I was 
I was I was snoozing like I was dozing off. Yeah, uh, it, we were watching in Russell's basement. It was nice and chilly down there. I was just all comfortable <laughs> on the couch, and I was like, okay, yeah, Tony Storm, Jamie Hader. Okay, oh oh shit, it's Max Caster. Yeah. Oh fuck, nuclear bomb drop. Yeah, Amazing. Uh, Caster not only uh, threw out a killer line about uh, Buddy Matthews being cucked by Dominic. Yeah, but also ended up being rather prescient as he was pointing out the use of blackface. Which yes. Weirdly enough, did come back up later. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. 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 That, that's um, true. This match was good, but somewhere, some some part of Las Vegas, House of Black may still be working on the knee of Anthony Bowens. <laughs> yeah. The, the That heat portion went on way too long. Yeah. It kind of dragged the match down a little bit. Yeah. Once once they got the hot tags in and, and it started firing up again, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And uh, kudos to Billy Gunn for making Brody King look like a beast, even though yeah. Brody's actually smaller than him, yeah, um, <laughs> which is still so weird to see. Staggering. But uh, uh, yeah, he he looked like a monster in there, and uh, it, it was a very clean win for the House of House Black. Of Black. Uh, Billy Gunn eating the pin on that one, too. Yeah. Then we had Jade Cargill against Taya Valkyrie, and I'm pretty sure the Vegas crowd was ready for a title change. Uh, what they did well. not anticipate was it would not be in this match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I the feel match like wasn't they, bad. No, it wasn't bad. I feel like they cut the legs off of Taya Valkyrie by having her lose here. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and it wasn't through like shenanigans or anything. It was, yeah. it was a full on clean loss. Mm-hmm. Also kind of weird that Jade got, in my opinion, a super baby face entrance. Yes. So uh, it, it, it just was mis- mixed signals to the crowd, but none of that mattered anyway, because post-match, Mark Sterling, doing the Lord's work, grabbed a microphone and said, you know what? Jake Cargill will defend the title anytime, anywhere. She's 60, you know, there's no one left, which brought out the returning Chris Statlander. About damn time. Chris looking like an absolute beast, mm-hmm. like jacked as hell, ready to rock, murdered Jade Cargill um, yeah. with about 30 seconds worth of moves. Made her humble. Yeah. Uh, and then hit uh, what used to be called uh, the Big Bang Theory, I think is now called uh, the Night Fever because she's just super into the Bee Gees now. Um, <laughs> but uh, new TBS champion in Chris Statlander. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, Jade's run had run its course yeah. you know 60 60 and 0 500 know. days as champ yeah bump bump her up into the the main division let wow. her tangle with some of the real talent and uh we'll see if she sinks or swims yeah it sounds like if fightful is to be believed that uh this is where jade's going to be taking some time off which oh okay you know the, sure. the old schlegel adage can't miss you if you don't go yeah. away so uh, I, I i think it's it's probably a smart move um, and it was from here that the show swung all the way back into the positive direction. Yeah. As we had the four-way for the AEW World Championship, uh, everybody gets themselves some special entrances, except for Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy comes out very happy to be here. Because <laughs> he's fucking lame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think they realized tired. that based on how they booked him on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Sammy gets a big time entrance and uh, reveals that uh, he and Tay Mello are having a kid. So yeah, very uh, slowly. Yeah, good for them. That, I, how soon did you realize? I, I I think 
Russell or Derek, one of them called it immediately. Yeah. And I was just like, I was, I didn't, I wasn't invested enough to care what was going on. I was like, oh, he's doing the card thing. And then I was like, oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, I noticed that, uh, that, no offense to Ty, cause like it, it's what happens. I noticed she looked thicker than usual yeah. and I was just like, oh, they're going to announce it. And was pregnant. wearing more clothes than usual Yes. Too, yeah. And, is... and also, also like she's a pregnant, uh, actress on a sitcom right. holding the signs yes. right over her chest. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, Darby had a very weird video where he and, uh, oh my God, and Elvis impersonator is... beat the shit out of some guy in an MJF mask. This was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. That said, Darby rolling down on the skateboard in an Elvis jumpsuit. No I mean, notes. sure. That's, that's all you stuff. needed. You didn't yeah. Have the, the I didn't need the video. the video beforehand. Uh, and then MJF showing that he is the exact inverse of Cody Rhodes was lowered onto the ramp. Right. Uh, while dressed as the devil, and then he had a harem of women. Although um, it, it would make more sense for it to have been the inverse, right? Cody ascending from the heavens, and the devil rising from the yeah, you know, the depths of the the eighth circle of Dante's right. Inferno. But and I, I hate that fucking MJF mask. I think it's stupid. It, it's definitely incongruent with the rest of his yeah character presentation. Style. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean. The visual in general of him, like when it was like the darkened room and the throne and everything and him being lowered down, like that looked cool and the mask kind of worked there. But on the whole, like, I don't think dark brooding when I think MJF, I think loud and an asshole, which is a role he played perfectly in this match. This match is definitely in my favorite of the year uh, conversation. Yes. It was a lot of fun. All four guys did everything they could to be the best version of themselves in this match. So um, many callbacks. Yes. Yeah. Callbacks to, to past matches, callbacks to, you know, history of, of each wrestler, um, you know, their mentors, their mentors, uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, we even had a, a mid match promo segment. <laughs> That's right. As, uh, as MJF offered uh, once again for Sammy Guevara to, to take some cash for taking a fall. And uh, Sammy did not take it. Uh, in the end though, MJF did end up retaining the title, hitting Darby Allen with a side headlock to get the finish. After he had done a coffin drop onto jungle boy with a triple B on his belly. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I love this match. I, I have no complaints about it. I thought yeah, it was a really great it, time. It worked really well because, you know, what, a lot of times we had trouble with these multi-man matches where mm-hmm. it's, you know, one person has to sit on the outside for their spot. But this was fast-paced and a ton of crazy spots and, and great performances all around. And then the show was wrapped up with Anarchy in the Arena. Uh, and it was the Blackpool Combat Club of John Mox, excuse me, uh, John Moxley, Brian mm-hmm. Danielson, Claudio mm-hmm. Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta Utes. against the elite of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. And uh, this was, as it said on the tin, anarchy in the arena. Yeah. Started for good a or little... for ill. <laughs> yeah. I, there, were, there were things I liked and things that I did not like. I, I did not care for the band playing Wild Thing on repeat for 10 minutes. Yes. Um, I did not care for the band. I did not care for the singer of the band's blackface under his mask. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Very, very strange choice. 
Uh, apparently, by the way, uh, that band is the same one who did Mox's first AEW entrance music. Which fucking ripped. And bring yeah. that shit back, please. Yes, please. It's going to be in the video game. So, like... God, that's, that song was great. They just need to, to run that back. Uh, yeah, well, well, how long did he did Tony buy the rights to fucking Wild Thing for? I know, like, he's had it for a few years now. Yeah, um, isn't that run out this summer and we can go back to something right. not Wild Thing? Uh, but the match itself was just a hell of a wild brawl. Uh, the yeah. first person to juice, if you uh, if you're doing the prop bets on uh, on um, DraftKings, Draft Kings, I don't know if he was an option because it ended up being Rick Knox. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good old but, Rick. Uh, Always willing to take a bump. Wild brawl, uh, crazy spots uh, involving barbed wire, involving involving glass, exploding uh, shoes, exploding shoes for which. Uh, Matt Jackson had to get a uh, Nevada Fire Performers license. Wow, oh, I yeah, didn't know that. To be able That's to fantastic. do that spot, as uh, he super kicked John Moxley in the face with an exploding shoe, as uh, Moxley faced once again his most devious of rivals, something that explodes. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be a monitor, uh, a ring, or a shoe, right? Just added to the list here. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm probably missing one too. Did the hot dog cart explode? <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we had uh, Nick Jackson being pal driven in the back of a four by four truck. Yep. Um, I mean. This was just crazy. Matt uh, Atomic drop with a bare foot onto a bunch of tacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he got a foot full of tacks. Uh, yep. Not great. Oh, and by the way, those were the uh, Miles Morales Nikes he was wearing. In, of course in they were. Um, not even corpus energy. But uh, the, the finish of all things ended up having a masked man run out. Mm-hmm. And that masked man, Kanosuke Takeshita. Hell yeah who is now aligned with Don Callis and a seatbelt pin by Wheeler Yuta got the pin on Kenny Omega. Yeah. Wheeler Yuta pins Kenny Omega. You know, if you had that on your bingo card, then your last name's Khan. Yeah. Uh, who, who would have seen it coming? Certainly not me. Uh, but that led, of course, to everyone and their brother being very excited for what would happen this week in San Diego on... I'm I'm so mad at myself because after we stopped recording on Sunday, mm-hmm. I came up with this like amazing idea uh, prediction that, you know, uh, Takeshita helps BCC and then um, Ibushi comes and joins the elites. And I said it after the podcast we were recording. And now that I say it now, people are like, hey, you didn't fucking say that. Yeah, I, I did fucking say that. I, I, I can affirm. He was thinking about this Sunday afternoon before the show ever happened. Uh, and it makes sense. Um, and Kenny yeah. has certainly alluded to it, and it was further underlined on Dynamite this week, but he cut a promo uh, after the show for the Live Vegas crowd indicating he's got at least two friends in other places who he mm-hmm. thinks can come help him out in this. Yeah. Alluding to, of course, not just Abushi, but his new uh, his new friendly tag partner slash former rival, Okada. So Mm -hmm. see how that plays out. But the show kicked off with the BCC of John Moxley, Claudio Cascinoli and Wheeler Yuta going against the Lucha Bros and Bandito. Bandito's just he he likes being a random guy swapped in in these three ways. Let me tell you. I like seeing Bandito in matches, so I ain't going to complain about it. Yeah, no, no issues here. That said, uh, I know he was doing an homage to uh, a popular Spanish television character. 
Him coming out like Fire Ant really confused me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently this character was the one who influenced the Bumblebee Man on The Simpsons, yes. uh, which makes El sense. Pooling Colorado is apparently the name of the character. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, it was uh, – I, I like I saw a quick glance at it on the TV in the bar and I was like, oh, he's going full Liger or something. I couldn't understand what was happening. Um, but, you know, eventually ripped the, the shirt off and showed off that big beefy upper – uh, section of that big yeah. bandito boy. And once again, Wheeler Yuta is the one to get the pin as the BCC defeats the uh, Lucha Bros and Bandito Trio. I thought it was a really awesome match. Very fun the match. The San Diego yeah. crowd was on fucking fire. I mean, you know, San Diego's going to love some luchadors. So. I know, but San Diego crowd was amazing all night. See? Um, but uh, yes, BCC won. Uh, Danielson, who's doing commentary, was doing backflips over Yuta's pins, looking infinitely better this week. Yep. Uh, it was it was a, it was a good time. So then Marvez once been once again backstage this time with the Young Bucks and Hangman, asking how they're feeling after Anarchy in the Arena. Uh, long story short, uh, they're pretty beat up and they're pretty sad. Uh, and as soon as Hangman Page starts talking, here comes Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Who are like, oh, oh, sorry, are we interrupting with your new best friends? So I guess we're getting an offshoot Dark Order elite feud out of this? Don't really need this. Yeah, I I don't need it at all. Really, the the bit of storytelling that I did sink my teeth into was after uh, the Dark Order so abruptly left, after abruptly interjecting themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, Marvez said, uh, hey, uh, you know, We've gotten word K Omega has left the country. He's gone back to Canada. And Paige goes, oh, no, he didn't go back to Canada. Yeah. So he went to another country. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, wink. Yes. I was starting to wonder if this meant uh, there's maybe going to be an angle on Dominion. With, uh, yeah. Like Kenny going after Mox or something like that, which would have been really fucking cool. But Yeah, for sure. Then Tony Schiavone in ring. Tony Schiavone was all over this show. Um, he got his steps in on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, he was in the normal Renee spot. Uh, Tony Schiavone in ring introducing Jay White and Juice Robinson. I've talked a lot of shit yeah. about Bullet Club Gold. Sure. About Jay White's handling so. in AEW. Yeah. This was perfect. Yeah. This this was long overdue. <laughs> long he's only been here five weeks or something yeah but this was something that was needed to you know give you a little idea of who the fuck this guy is and what he's capable of awesome promo from jay white awesome promo from juice robinson yeah they call out ftr they want to know what the fuck the deal is with them and ricky starks and as soon as they come out they're not saying anything they're just all mad and grumpy looking so then this leads to jay white making fun of FTR saying, Oh no, I get it. They just want to be a part of the bullet club. I, I, I totally understand. But the, the thing is they're too dumb, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which certainly speaks to some things that we've spoken about here. Yes. So of course this means Dax and cash are getting even more fired up, but any interest they had in having a fight ended real quick as juice's fist was loaded with a stack of quarters. Mm-hmm. What kind of old school bullshittery was that? I loved it. When's the last time you held a quarter in your hand? 
<laughs> I know, right? I haven't. Uh, I mean, I go to Aldi, so like when I need yeah, one yeah, for yeah. the we cart, to get the cart, right? I just keep that in the car. But yeah, I don't <laughs> carry change in my pocket or, you know, where do banks even give out coins anymore? I don't even know. Are they still legal tender? I don't they, even know. They, they do. Turns out, do they? Okay. Um, but uh, they brawl this. Uh, results in Ricky Starks running down Bullet Club Gold bolts and Stark says I'm tired of this bullshit we're going to finish it next week on Dynamite yeah. so alright we're, we're, we're hitting a finish here which I'm fine with yes uh, move on yeah let's let's just do the thing so then Tony Khan said in so many words noted oh, lizard person yes. Tony Khan Tony Khan said in, in not quite these words but I'll just translate it for you alright fans um not enough of you buying tickets for Chicago or uh, any of the other collision shows. So, uh, CM Punk's going to be there. Bye. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> has it worked? Has there been an update on, uh, um, has WrestleNomics gotten on that? So, the United Center show went mm-hmm. from like 6,000 tickets sold to like 8,000. Okay. It's an arena that can hold 17,000. Yeah. Yeah. Still not great. No. That show in, uh, I think it's week three in Canada, where mm-hmm. they had sold like 600 tickets. It's like 700 right now. Oof. <laughs> it's, it's not great. Oof. It's, it's not great. And uh, also not great. They panned to the crowd, and they, ha- they found the folks wearing the CM Punk shirts who were very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the CM Punk chant was very quickly drowned out with... Booze. Arguably the second most booze of the night. Yeah. yeah so was, um, they were saying boo earns. <laughs> this, this is this is going to be a thing, man. This is going to be a rough, rough go. I I think if anything, their smart play is they got to do the Bret Hart thing. He's a face in Chicago and a heel everywhere else. Yeah, because uh, this is going to be hard. Um, I mean, a triple threat between Big Bill, Trent Beretta, and Swerve Strickland. Man, this was a hell of a lot of fun. I ain't gonna so lie. good, so good. Trent and Swerve, fantastic together. Big Big Bill playing the uh, you know the, the big boy role spoiler. in there. Yeah, yeah, a uh, lot of fun. And uh, Swerve ends up getting the uh, double stomp uh, and a pin on Trent Beretta. I, I mean, that's yeah how that match should have gone. So yeah, thought it was a great time. Um, we then had a video package highlight, highlighting Chris Statlander's return because she's going to be having her first title defense of the TBS title later that same evening. Mm-hmm. Renee Paquette then welcomed to the stage the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. And basically it was a promo where I thought we were going to get a lot more than we did. Yeah, we really didn't accomplish anything. No. Uh, Max Caster says, hey, you know what? Uh, things didn't go our way. We lost the trio's title match. Billy Gunn said, you know, I, I let the people down and Caster's like, you know, we win together, we lose together. We had an undefeated streak. It's going to be fine. Bowen said, you know what? We were screwed out of tag team gold and Billy Gunn deserves to have a a title one last time before he calls it a career. I mean, I'm not sure that's true, but okay. And (laughs) I thought for sure, and maybe this is WWE brain seeping into me that the acclaimed were going to jump Billy Gunn. Yeah. Okay. But That's definitely something Vince would allow. They all just scissored each other, and uh, everyone loves the acclaim. Got real hot and steamy. That's that's all it was. So Tony Schiavone back in the ring, and he said he was sickened to announce <laughs> Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshita. Yeah. 
I've seen people with heel heat before. Dude, this was nuclear. This was Chernobyl. I could barely understand what either guy was saying. And I recognized yeah. Takeshita was speaking in Japanese. Right. Yes. Most of it. But some of the, it the San Diego crowd fucking hated Don Callis. Yeah, they did. They like, fucking leaned into that guy. This was incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don Callis was talking about, uh, you know, the the problem is that Kenny Omega never respected him, never cared for him. He thought he was family. He wasn't blah, 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 blah. But he's going to start a new family with Takeshita. Yeah, he lost a nephew but gained a son. Yes. (laughs) Killer line. Great line. But he said Takeshita is better than Ricky Dozan, better than Inoki, better than Uh Medea. You know what? Better Better than Okada. Oh, wow. And for half a second there, I'm like, which you want to run that on TV, like on the road to Forbidden Door? Yeah, let's fucking do that. But uh, Takeshita took the microphone. A a fan translated it. I don't know if you saw it. Um, But basically he laid down that he's going to destroy the elite. That he's going to destroy Kenny Omega. And uh, yeah, this was just the perfect segment for as much of an adorable Labrador retriever of a human being that Takeshita has been. He yeah. came off like such a shithead heel here, and I thought it was great. Loved it. We had a highlight video of the ladder match, and uh, Wardlow said, basically, uh, I want a match with Luchasaurus now. Okay. We then had Arnt. <laughs> kind of, you know, put him through a couple tables, so yeah. I feel like he kind of took care of him already. <laughs> kind of sure. softened him there. Why not? I want the guy who's beat up, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we had uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, who are quickly becoming a very fun tag team, going against the Gates of Agony of Bishop Khan and Taya Leone. And <laughs> it, took, <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> uh, I have to say, this was the best match the Gates of Agony have had in AEW full stop. Or probably will ever have, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, it helps that, you know, OC and Darby are, are much smaller guys they can toss around a little bit and and uh and bump their asses off for. So yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good amount of fun there. I'm starting to think that OC and Darby could make us look good. I mean, look, I'm not gonna, you know, I pat myself on the back too hard here, but uh, I do have a, yeah, a, look, a winning record you, in Ring of Honor. You got so. a, a winning Ring of Honor record, and uh, you know what? Should have probably plugged this earlier in the show. Uh, your boy's pro wrestling debut, oh, Flying V versus Super Art Fight, streaming now on independentwrestling.tv. Look so, at this guy. Uh, yeah, you can check that show out. It, it took a brisk six months. <laughs> do you uh, do you get a chunk of uh, a resige? Uh, yeah little bit little okay bit. all right yeah. it's it i mean it's not the company a, it's, does not you yeah. specifically yes yeah the llc exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, good for you buddy yeah yeah uh and uh the, actually flying v they're running a tag tournament they just had their uh first show last night of that tournament nice and uh they'll be back in the end of july for the second half um anyway in a highlight video mjf talking about how he successfully defended his belt he said there's no one left so we'll see who is left because they announced on Friday that uh, he's going to be cutting a promo this week. So undoubtedly, whoever is left is going to pop up. So uh, one of the interesting – did you watch the the scrum after Double or Nothing? I just read about the highlights. 
Yeah. So somebody asked MJF uh, about, you know, who's next and Forbidden Door is coming up. And is there anybody on the New Japan roster that he'd like to face? And he just continually buried New Japan saying how much he hates it, uh, except for that great Okan guy. <laughs> he said he pops him, <laughs> which which is hysterical. Uh, and I, I, I believe like I want to believe that's actually true like he actually can't stand new japan but i can't tell i just i can't tell with the guy he's very he's good at making you wonder when he's working and when he's not yeah um i know that in the past uh dave Meltzer said on wrestling observer radio because they will have episodes where they do like a q a with someone mm-hmm. like uh pretty much once a year they've had kenny omega on and it's always a really interesting conversation because he will yeah. talk about like you know his thought process about certain matches or the buildup of certain things and how like, um, you know, how his body's feeling and all that stuff, you know, it, it, it's very, you know, non kayfabe. Like it, yeah. it, it's really sort of in-depth conversation. And he said that the reason why MJF's never been on is because Max flat out said, I don't turn off. Yeah. Like he, if he got booked to do that, it would be completely in character. Right. So I, I, I understand where, you know, that would be a thing. And, and evidently it never stops. I mean, even when he was on Marin, like yeah. dude was totally in character. Oh, and Marin was eating it up too. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is, he's having a great time with which, that. Which, which was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, regarding MJF and forbidden door, honestly, I think he sits it out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does at the same time, him versus someone like Naito or Tanahashi would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do not want to see MJF and Sonata. Uh, no, I, I think that's the, a mi- mix mismatch. The better idea is is maybe a just five guys tag against you know some other group. Yeah, um, I don't know. Hell, uh, I'd be fine with like Sonata and I don't know Doki against uh, OC and uh, Darby at this point. That'd be yeah, that'd be fun. Bring Despy back over and, uh, yeah. you know, bring <laughs> Shing- he's not Shingo bleeding over. everywhere. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Little death match last night for the guy. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone in the ring once again, and he brings out Hook as Hook was going to cut a promo, I think. But that oh, is- Hook brought himself out. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, he had things to say. So, uh, before Hook could say anything, out comes La Faction in Gobernable. What I think it was, I think Hook had prepared a PowerPoint about uh, his chip preferences, and he was going to share for the uh, oh, for the audience. It's, it's you not. Know, it, we got, we got nacho cheese Doritos, okay? You know, uh, barbecue Lay's, all mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, I don't think I've ever seen him eat some Pringles, but I'm curious yeah. where Pringles would stack up I, huh? mm-hmm. in his uh, <laughs> in his. I, I think for a guy in the shape he is, he doesn't like Pringles because you know once you pop, you can't stop, and he's he got to really got to really watch his figure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jose is talking about how Roosh is too dangerous to be on television and uh, Drillistico uh, is, you know, so violent and that sort of thing. And Preston Vance is there, too. And yeah. uh, <laughs> even Jose can't figure out how to put that guy over. Yeah. Uh, but uh, immediately out comes Jack Perry with a chair as uh, they basically just were like, hey, you know what? Let's revert to a prior saved version of Jack Perry. And we're, we're yep. just going to do Jungle Hook now. I mean, I, we tried, we tried, we gave him a, a, an opportunity to be a top level guy and he showed he had no interest in learning how to promo. So, uh, well, yep. well the other guy doesn't talk good because he yeah, just right. doesn't talk. <laughs> exactly. The silent killers over here. Yeah. They're cancer. 
Renee Paquette was backstage with Tony Storm, Soraya, and Ruby Soho. Tony Storm talked about winning the championship, how she's going to uh, be the one to uh, be a fighting champion, defend it more than Jamie Hayter ever did. And she's going to defend it, in fact, on the two house shows that were coming up this weekend. Okay. That segment ended. At no point where the location of those two shows <laughs> ever brought up on television throughout all two hours of the show, nor were the availability of tickets for those shows. Uh-huh. Why do you have a promo putting over events and then never tell the fans, hey, like, I, I mock the Maybe idea. Maybe they're already sold out. <laughs> I mock the idea of d- the WWE drone who's like, what, what am I supposed to do? Look up who these people are? That is stupid. Watch a match. Learn who they are. This business is built around promoting events and getting people to buy tickets. Yeah. Don't make it hard. <laughs> like... Tell people where they are and when and where to get tickets. That's I, what a promo is supposed to do. Yeah. Promote. That's yeah. where a promo comes from. <laughs> like, I always thought it was a weird verbal tick that Bret Hart would call it the SummerSlam. <laughs> However, I paid attention to Bret Hart promos putting over SummerSlam, and I remember it 20 years on because... He had a weird verbal tick that underlined yeah. that he's going to see so-and-so in the SummerSlam. Yeah. Better than Summerfest. I mean, let's I be honest. So. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. It's just I was like. All right, Taz. <laughs> not not even Excalibur is going to be sitting there going, hey, don't forget to go to awticks.com and buy tickets. Excalibur get, has enough words to say. Uh, <laughs> but you would think even he in real time would go, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 we forgot yeah. to promo that. Yeah, well, he's got a he's got a lot lot to lot to cover. Yeah, Chris Statlander then defended the TBS title against Nyla Rose. If you had any concerns about Brit or not Brit uh, about Chris mm-hmm. and whether or not you know she was physically capable of working a full match or anything like that, uh, consider all those concerns out the window as she had a hell of a match with Nyla. Yeah, and showed even more moves, and also she could still do the four fifty. So like, yeah, she looked beastly in this in the best of ways and it's good to know that nyla rose is still alive and employed yeah it's been months since we had seen her on tv yeah at least tv that counted <laughs> right right and then uh the main event was of course adam cole and Britt baker defeating chris jericho and soraya um as we talked about earlier it was fine really the joy was the Britt baker chris jericho interactions yeah um, I will say this is just a random observation. So Britt and Adam Cole had matching gear. Yes. And Adam Cole came out in what is typically his gear, but instead of, you know, it being yellow and black, it was like powder blue uh-huh. to match the gear that Britt was wearing. It's just a random observation. For whatever reason, his jacket going from yellow to powder blue made it look like he was wearing a jacket for some soccer team that I didn't know about. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at that. He's supporting. Oh, wait, he's supporting himself. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> AFC Richmond. Yes. Yes. Uh, but then, of course, weirdly enough, we're going to recap this in full 
because this Friday was finally a show that we've been waiting on. (laughs) AEW Rampage made it a championship Friday with four matches. None of the belts were from AEW. No. No. But it's okay. Bless Excalibur for trying to to put over the fact that where else in the world are you going to see belts from four different promotions or three different promotions uh, 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 defended on one night? Yeah. And uh, it, this on paper was like the craziest card ever booked for a yes. rampage. Yeah. Uh, this is even counting like that random rampage that got half streamed on YouTube where it was uh, Danielson, Danielson and Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This was a bigger and better rampage than uh, the Punk Return rampage because yeah. that was main evented by, I think, John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia in a match where people were like, why are we still here? Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> um, this card was incredible and delivered, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I definitely think it it was the greatest rampage ever. And uh, the show kicked off with a triple threat for the Triple A Mega Championship, as was El Hijo del Vikingo defending against Commander Andralistico. It's Kristoff Special, is what we call this. Yeah. Uh, This was awesome. This was Uh incredible. Um, Uh Everybody got all their shit in. Yeah. Poor Drillistico had to eat the pin, but really looking at I that mean, trio, who else yeah. is going to eat the pin? Right. San Diego crowd was losing their fucking mind. Like, this was exactly yeah. what it needed to be. Um, all, all the flips, Lucha Chance, just, you know, the table, the, the 630 table spot or the outside. Like, it was, it was, it was a highlight reel. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was, um, turgid throughout, let's say. Now, for rock. as good as that was. Call me Juice Robinson. I was rock hard. For as good as that was, the segment afterwards made me go, oh, no, we've officially <laughs> we've officially triggered the too much of a good thing button. I, I really want to know Justin's thoughts on this <laughs> as good fucking God. It looks like we make it a Karen Jarrett, Aubrey Edwards match. I mean, I thought that we were going to be a one and done on Karen Jarrett. I really don't yep. think she needs to stick around here. Yep. Um, <laughs> nor do I want to see Aubrey Edwards in a match. Uh, when referees get involved in storylines, I always fucking hate it. Yep, it's never good. It's never good, and it always never ruins good. the credibility of the ref. Hundred I mean, percent. She's not going full Nick Patrick or anything here. No, but, or Earl Hebner, but still, this I mean, also is. And, and I will say, I always think the people who point this out are full of shit, and and I think a lot of it traditionally is built around some very deep-seated misogyny but there are a lot of people who are like but aubrey makes such a such a spectacle of herself when she's referee oh and Mm. it's like so does bryce so does rick knox yeah like (laughs) no more than any other referee right yeah like oh oh she look at her look at her eye makeup it's too fancy it's it's pulling attention away from the wrestlers if you are being pulled away by eye makeup it's the wrestler's fault. Let's just put yeah. it that way. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. get the fuck over yourself. Yeah. But I don't need an Aubrey Edwards angle at all. No. No, I do not. Nor do I need a Karen Jarrett angle at all. No. Like, again, Sunday was like, oh, this this turned out better than I expected. Hell, most of the Jeff Jarrett, like, run had been, oh, 
Oh, it's better than I expected. And the, I think the thing that pisses me off the most about this is that she was no selling it. Like she didn't have a neck brace on. Yeah. There were no, no, no band-aids on her face or anything like that. Yeah. Like if you are a, a referee, a non-professional wrestler yeah. and you get smacked in the head with a guitar, fucking sell it. Yes. Yeah. You are not built to sustain that. Right. Um, in K-Vape. Uh, yes. But yeah, I. Foolish. Foolish. Not I a say. fan. Not a fan. Then we had Zack Sabre Jr. make his AEW debut. He was supposed to be at Forbidden Door against Brian Danielson. And uh, yes, he went against Claudio. Uh, yeah. But this was his official AEW debut. Yeah. As he defended the New Japan World Television Championship against Action Andretti, a man whose star has fallen so hard, so fast. So, all right. The kid has a lot of upside. Hundred percent. Right? He's he's uh, American look, Osprey. Very in terms of yeah. Look and, and presentation does all the flippy news, everything. I, I and I don't know if it's a confidence thing or a green greenness thing. I noticed it was jarring, not jarring, but like I yeah. noticed it before every move he did. He kind of just like stopped and like okay, now I'm going to go do the move. There was no fluidity to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very distracting, especially when you're in there with somebody like Zack Sabre Jr. Exactly. Who, who, is who is as fluid as they come. Exactly. There, there, There's never a moment's hesitation. There's never yes. this thought of like, what's my next segment? Like that dude just goes. Yeah. Um, and it, which also enhances sort of the, the validity of the style he works. Like, yeah, hundred percent. You don't see the gears turning. Um, it's right. no different than we were talking about a few weeks ago, like with jungle boy, uh, in that four way promo where it was yeah. like, him and Sammy both, it felt like when they were cutting their parts of the promo, I was like, and this is the part where I yeah. say that and yeah. you're a bitch. You know, it's just like, right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel bad theater. Right. And again, Andretti's super talented and clearly they had a thought at some point of we're making this guy a big deal because he pinned Jericho. Yeah. But. Since then, it's been not like he was a little bit involved in the Ricky Starks JAS feud at first. And yeah, he's kind of been on Ring of Honor, not quite Dante Martin. Um, because well, he's, he's like teaming with him he, or, or he's, Darius, he's teaming with Darius, Darius, because yeah, well, Dante's got that broken foot or yeah, that ankle or whatever. Foot, yeah, foot the what, what went wrong way. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I. I feel I feel double bad because he's a local boy and I know he's like a local boy done good and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I I would love to see him like piece it together and and well, transcend to that next level. I mean, you know, being in a match with Zack Saber is only going to help you on national True. TV, True. and you know, he's being he's surrounded by people who I'm sure are, you know, lending some words of advice to everything. Um, just you know, yeah, it, it's not all there yet. But yeah. I think, you know, hopefully mm -hmm. uh, it, it could all be there. The pieces are there. They just haven't been arranged in the proper, you know, fit yet. Right. Willow Nightingale had a match with Emi Sakura for the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. They fell into something real lucky here because Willow had been, like, pushed on and off on TV. Mm -hmm. And she was not supposed to win the Strong Women's Championship. No. no. Mercedes Monet was supposed to broke her ankle or twisted her ankle or it's been unclear what happened. Something yeah. happened to her ankle in the match and they called an audible. So Willow now has this, you know, belt. And if this match with Emi Sakura, excuse me, Emi Sakura is any indication, 
she's going to have an awesome reign on AEW TV because yeah. this match like punched way above its pay grade. Yeah. I, yeah. I like I, Emi Sakura too. She's a little yeah. shithead. Yeah. She's, she's great in the role that she plays. And yeah. uh, this, this was an awesome time. Uh, and then the main event, Katsuyuri Shibata, who uh, I guess is not part of new Japan anymore. Uh, defending the ring of honor peer championship against Lee Moriarty. I loved this match. I thought it was very good. It is awesome to see Shibata in such a prominent role. And also, mm-hmm. like again, fucking Shibata's on national television. What the fuck is going on, right? Yeah. At the same time, Lee Moriarty just came off of a really good tag match that he lost. Yeah. And then he lost clean here. Like, that dude needs something. Because I, I, I think he's another one of those, like, young talents where it's like, if if you don't get behind him. Right. You know, you you may lose something. Going to get left behind. Yeah. yeah, because you know Garcia and Yuta and him, like they all were brought into AEW around the same time. Right. Garcia is definitely a made man. Yeah, Yuta's he's got Jericho. Yuta's got Mox and Danielson. Yeah. And Lee Moriarty has Big Bill <laughs> Stoke. Like, <laughs> what has he got? Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't and, even seen Stoke since the the deletion thing. So, well, he uh, he popped up on the pre-show. He was part mm. of the uh, pre-show panel. Oh, okay. Uh, so they had him standing right next to Paul Wright and uh, looked hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he, he needs something. Um, yeah. So for as good as this match was, and as much as I enjoyed it, there's also part of me is like, oh man. Like, yeah, no, I get that. But uh, post-match Garcia, speaking of, yeah. comes out, stands face-to-face with Shibata. Uh, concurrently on a show where they announced that the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view will be coming up in July. Trenton, New Jersey. So I assume Shibata Garcia is going to be on that show. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, and then, of course, this Wednesday on Dynamite, as mentioned, we're going to have Jay White uh, against Ricky Starks, as they hope to finally blow that off. We're going to have an international title match between Swerve Strickland and Orange Cassidy. I assume the belt moves there. Yeah, new champ, baby. Uh, and we're going to have a Texas Tornado tag match. Uh-huh. As it'll be Drillistico and Preston Vance against Jungle Boy and Hook. Wow. So, uh, mm. Okay. Yeah. Go, uh, go get a churro during that match. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that match could be very good. Uh, just, you know, Preston Vance is in there. And um, <laughs> the, he is the equivalent of like edible gold. It It looks good. It sounds great in theory, but it's. There's no taste. There's nothing to it. I mean, coming from a man who, uh, in his day, drank a fair amount of Goldschlager, I will agree to disagree. (laughs) Shit fucking rules. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. 
The WWE has heard your complaints, your bitches, your gripes. And the PG era is over with the unveiling of the WWE Network. We give you the rated R era of the WWE with its first pay-per-view, Circumcision Chamber. That's right, six competitors, six dicks, and one old rabbi with a pair of scissors cutting cocks. Whoever screams the loudest, eliminated first. Whoever screams the least is walking out of there with the gold as well as one drippy, bloody tip. Oh, you don't like Shin Cara. Ooh, Los Matadores are too footloose and fancy free. And you don't think Antonio Cesaro's pink nipples are appropriate? That's why we're giving you the rated R era. You like Oksana? We're gonna fuck her! You like Beth Phoenix? Bring it back to fuck her! You like karma? Not gonna fuck her! AJ Lee? Yeah, we kinda like to fuck her. The R-rated era of the WWE has begun. Circumcisions, exorcisms, evictions. We're kicking undercar talent out of their homes. Alex Riley's got no place to go. He's living on the streets. Solomon Crow, you think you're coming to the main roster? Fuck you! You got nowhere to go. It's the WWE's Rated R Era. We're gonna chainsaw John Cena in fucking half and bathe in his gore. Fuck you!